Inside. Welcome to the Chopping Wood Inside podcast, the Twin Peaks podcast for conspiracy theorists and aficionados. I'm your host, Murphy. I think my confederate Tom's out there somewhere. Greetings and salutations, my friend. Oh, hello, friend. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing this evening? Pretty good. We're here to talk about, uh, we're going to uh, recap a little bit of 11 and then talk about uh, part 12 preview. So uh, where do you want to start today, my friend? Well, um, there was so much. I just watched part um, 11 again for the fourth time. And uh, I just, I really liked, I mean, obviously it was a tremendous episode. Um, The fact that we spent primarily the first half in Twin Peaks was, I think, a rarity. I know we've been building up to spending more time in Twin Peaks, but other than the buckhorn scene where Cole almost entered the zone, we really uh, were were building some solid momentum in Twin Peaks. And then, of course, after Hawk and Truman's um, scene with the uh, living map, we went right into Vegas and spent the rest of the episode uh, with Dougie and the Mitchum brothers. And and just uh, I just want to go ahead and... uh, and I agree with you. We spoke briefly before we started this, and uh, the ending, I think, of part 11 was um, just absolute perfection, I think. Just seeing oh, yeah. it again. Just a fantastic scene and uh, ending. Everything worked perfectly. The, the, the performances, the, the, the music, um, the poignancy, um, Cooper, obviously, the pie. It was just a fantastic scene. It was a great scene. It might have been Jim Belushi's best acting moment ever. Uh, after rewatching it, it was just, uh, you know, it's almost like every line of dialogue was fantastic. And I didn't quite catch that at the end, uh, you know, they said, well, another piece of pie for our friend. And Coop's mouth was so full, or Dougie's was, Dougie Coop, that I didn't understand. But he said, friend, friend. And then that's what made the, the, the Nepper, uh, Nepper and Belushi laugh and smile. And they ended off like with the, the three of them as friends. Uh, do you think they're going to be friends in the next episode? <laughs> well, I don't think. Yeah, I How think long is that going to last? <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing, one little piece of uh, a little detail that Nepper said, I think, at the beginning of the scene was um, them asking Dougie if his kid had a, I want to say it was a gym set. Gym set, yeah. Yeah, and Dougie was, I mean, like, obviously he just repeats what they say, but Nepper, I believe, said that, you know, we even had one at the orphanage. In the orphanage, that's right. Yeah, which was, uh, you know, I think a a nice little, like, touch. I mean, you just have a little line like that opens up just a whole, you know, like, you know, wide variety of, of, you know, like... It helps explain also their affinity for candy, and maybe Mandy and Sandy, they're all runaways and strays and orphans themselves. Yeah, and I also like the fact that uh, with their their breakfast scene, 
you know, where they're eating cereal. At 2.30 in the afternoon. At 2.30. They keep my hours. Those are my hours. Yeah, and totally. I love that. Yeah, I didn't and, notice uh, there was anything weird about that because that's kind of my hours as well. So uh, <laughs> then I realized, yeah. okay, it's 2.30 in the afternoon. But that makes sense. They run a casino. They probably don't go to bed till dawn every night. So. Well, yeah, they're major players. Do they live with each other? Because <laughs> I saw that they not only tried to kiss. I verified they not only tried to kiss once, but they almost kissed twice in that scene. And I was wondering what their relationship is in terms of like their living situation. Do they live together, you think? Yeah, of course they do. I think they live together. I think they all live together. I think it's very communal. The, the girl. Well, do you think I, it's like maybe their 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 dad or father was maybe some tycoon? They're still like you know the family empire living in the family mansion, or did they you know somehow buy a home? No, I think they're self-made men. I think That's that they were orphans and uh, they wound up in the criminal underworld. And obviously, they were very good at what they did to uh, you know get to the place where they are, where they're actually like you know big time you know gangsters, alleged gangsters, uh, according to Bushnell. But uh, no, I don't think that they're, uh, you know, they had silver spoons in their mouth. They, were, they obviously came from the orphanage. So, um, you know, they well, made I've a, a one, I've done, I think I've done a 180 on them. I really, I think I start to love them. And, and Candy, Mandy, and Sandy, I really like them as characters now. So I kind of want to see them stick around, but I think maybe they're not now. They're going to probably wind up in the next episode or two, right? You think? Well, yeah. What else I, do they have I, to do? I, like, what else is there? There's one, I think there's one final piece uh, for the Vegas storyline. And, as you know, it's, it's the final hit. Um, it's Duncan Todd is, you know, he ordered uh, the Anthony Sinclair character played by Tom Sizemore to basically go to the Mitchum brothers and set up Dougie. And obviously that failed. And then what Duncan said to uh, Sizemore's character was that, well, if that doesn't work, then you have to take care of him himself. So I think that we're going to see like the Sizemore character in full meltdown mode in the next episode. But I don't think that he has the cojones to go ahead and pull this off. I think he would try to hire someone or get someone to, to uh, knock off Dougie. But we also know... Maybe we'll get a scene where he tries it himself and fails, and then he hires somebody. <laughs> chicken no, I just don't think he just... Tom Sizemore, you think he got a gun? He's probably going to handle it, right? Well, in past I mean, like, roles, scene. but... I think it'd be funny to see Tom Sizemore try to try to whack Dougie as well. Yeah, I think that we're coming to head with the Vegas storyline. It might bleed into... So this one's part 12 upcoming. It might bleed into part 13. But I think everything's going to be wrapped up in Vegas by part 13. And I obviously don't think, you know, Cooper is going to be killed. And uh, he'll somehow leave Vegas. And I think we'll start his return back to Twin Peaks. Uh, it might be a circuitous path. He might not return there until like 16, 17, or even maybe the last episode. But I think we're wrapping up the Vegas. But what I want to know is because... We have the Sizemore element with, with Dougie, but we also have Mr. C, who's actually ordered Todd to knock off Dougie a couple of times, but he's let Chantal and Hutch know to go to Vegas to pull off a doubleheader, which I'm assuming is to knock off Mr. C, and, or knock off Dougie, Coop, and, uh, and Duncan Todd, perhaps, or maybe even the Sizemore character, I don't know. But I think this is all going to come to head in the next, like, you know, next part or the following part after that. Is there any way in hell that Dougie could end up in Twin Peaks before, and then he has to become Coop in Twin Peaks? I would love. <laughs> Can you to imagine see. somebody wheeling him, wheeling him in somewhere to the roadhouse <laughs> at a pivotal scene? <laughs> right. No, I don't think. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, slim, but I, I'm with you. I would like to to see that, but uh, I think we're going to have a, a, an awakening of, of Cooper here shortly. I mean, even when he said the line. Um, was it damn good after Nepper oh, said? Oh yeah, he said it perfectly too. Just damn. He good. said it was almost like when he said "you're lying" in reference to Sizemore's character in like part five, I think. And uh, it was it was that Cooperism. So of course, here we are. You know, it's coming up very closely. And did you also mention or uh, notice the scene where he was getting into the limo when Bushnell said something about 
I can't remember what he said, but the last word. I think was, he said like something like "go knock him dead" or something like that. About yeah, dead. and then Bushnell like you know gave him the old like you know chin bump you know with chin with this fist a little love tap there, and Dougie put his hand up to his yeah. face like Mister C like massaged Jack's face before he killed him, and then I think Dougie said or, or Coop said dead. So is, are they like you? You mentioned like the Corsican brothers. Are they like somehow inexorably tied together? Um, well, we thought know, that we, might be possible when we all the Bob extraction stuff was going on in that episode, but we right. never cut back to Dougie. So I, I don't think so, really. I mean, I think maybe that uh, he still has some natural lodge-like uh, survival tendencies, perhaps, and maybe that's some the first thing you do <laughs> is you hold your jaw. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe he also was uh, experiencing some Corsican brothers type experience. Like maybe Mr. C was getting punched in the face somewhere. <laughs> right, right. Cool. Well, the, the whole dream aspect that Belushi had the dream and uh, that basically, you know, saved Cooper's life. But if you noticed in the, the during the breakfast scene, actually, the pie technically saved his life. Which correct, the pie, yeah, the pie, the pie did <laughs> so save the pie life. that saved your life, yeah. But um, Nepper in that breakfast scene, and he's eating corn. I, I'm assuming it's corn puffs, another kind of maybe Garmin Bozia touch there. But um, he, you can <laughs> yeah. see the cut on his face. So literally, like three hours late, like he put a bandaid on, probably you know off camera. And then in the limo, like several hours later, the cut disappeared. Yeah. What so, the fuck? well, we know. I mean, obviously. Do we know? Did on. you go in and closely and scrutinize the cut at the breakfast table? Because I didn't get really close. I thought maybe it could have been the same bandage that they just haven't pulled off. It like didn't look like a bandage. Days. It looked like the actual cut. And then when he was in the limo, he had the band-aid or the bandage on again. So I just think that, and we talked a little bit about this in, in the prior podcast, the whole idea of like the dream, like Hastings saying in part um, a two to Phyllis, like it was a dream re- referencing the zone. And now here we have another scene with a character saying, that's a dream. And I just think that there's something, I really do believe that, that Lynch and Frost have a major curveball coming for us and maybe not this next episode but really like in the next couple of episodes where it's going to go like you know like the Bobby Briggs I'm going to turn it upside down I think something <laughs> is going to really well, dude next episode is called Let's Rock right the title it is yeah dude, it is titled Let's Rock the next episode then right what are the odds <sighs> well Let's shake it know, up well, who, is, some... who is okay who speculate on who would possibly say that line because it's not going to be the little man the only person we've ever seen say that uh, is it going to be, you know, they're going to Jackrabbit's uh, cave or whatever, and they're about to do some rock climbing and let's Jack rock. Jackrabbit's palace, yeah. yeah Jackrabbit's palace, and they say let's rock up before they start rock. rock well, it climbing, could be, or... <laughs> it could be the one thing we talked about this when it was Laura's the one we thought maybe Lynch would throw us a curveball and not have one of the characters say it. Obviously, the log lady did, but I could see um, a uh, callback to Fire Walk With Me where Let's Rock was never mentioned but we saw it on Chet Desmond's windshield. Yeah, what if it's so written maybe, on a car somewhere again? Somewhere or just, just written somewhere. Or it's, yeah, Let's because, rock. I mean, obviously the evolution of the arm would be the obvious choice somehow if they were the lo- there was a lodge scene maybe saying Let's Rock. But I could also see it being you know, maybe it's like, you know, Steven and Becky, like, you know, you know, like, you know, they're fighting and one of them's like, let's rock, you know, just like some kind of like crazy, like, like you let's know. go, kind of yeah. like a let's go. Style. Yeah, let's rock. I mean, not them, but something. So I don't know. I mean, I don't, I really don't think they're going to Jackrabbit's Palace in this episode. I think they might start off for Jackrabbit's Palace, but I don't think they're going to go there quite yet because the timeline is a little bit sketchy because during the uh, Hawk and Truman scene, 
Um, Hawk makes reference to the dates on the map, which actually, since it's a living map, correspond with Briggs's message. But um, the whole thing is that um, he mentions the day after tomorrow is when they're supposed to go there, which I think is that scene is taking place the same day that they got the message. But all the other scenes that we're seeing that day are taking place a day after the next day the next morning yeah yeah. and the next morning there yeah yeah, there's been several instances of that and now that could be just the the way the narrative is unfolding with the 18 parts like shooting it like a movie and then chopping it up and just for like you know whatever you know dramatic purposes suspense purposes what have you to put the scene there um i don't think that we're dealing with like oh they're they're back in time or they're in an alternate timeline I, i don't suspect that i just think it's more you know like where it fits in a in a particular episode but um, so I don't think they're going to go to. Jack- I think they might go to Jack Rabbit's palace. But did you notice on the map? So when when uh, Truman saw the the fire and 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 uh, Hawk says, "Well, that's like a symbol. It's really kind of akin to modern day electricity." But if you notice right beyond that, there's a cave entrance. Oh yeah, I saw someone mention that on Twitter. What what do you? Think oh really? That could oh, mean? Yeah. Okay. What do you think that could mean? Well, I mean, obviously the first thing I think of is Owl Cave, but I don't think that's where Owl Cave is because he mentions that's Blue Pine Mountain where Listening Post Alpha is, and that's where Hawk believes that um, they're going to. That's the, the the directions that Briggs left them. So maybe it's like you know a, a, another cave that they have to enter, or maybe it's like a zone or a portal or a black lodge or white. I mean, I don't know. It's something. Um, but I, I bet that they wind up going into a cave-like entrance um, once That's they funny meet. Because I've always visualized a cave being in this this adventure somewhere or somewhere. Although yeah, I don't know. The yeah. only indication is on the map is the first time we've heard of any cave. Yeah, but they're setting it up to be. It's it's going to be like obviously very dramatic. But um, I'm not saying that someone's going to die. But it, it, there's they're going to be met by someone or something. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a protector or if it's some kind of like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, like kind of challenge that they have to make with the dirt <laughs> that they took, you know. 2,000-year-old night, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I, I don't know what it is. Obviously, I don't think anyone knows, but um, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised that if there's a little kind of lodging weirdness going on or maybe some kind of portal because if it was so close to Major Briggs' station and Briggs was supposed to die in that fire... Maybe he somehow escaped since it was so close to his station to the zone or another zone. So maybe it is a portal or a zone somewhere that one or maybe all three enter. So we don't know. Well, it's, it'll be interesting who you, you, you predict might be waiting for them when they arrive at the zone or at the Jack Rabbit's Palace, just like uh, the woodsmen were for waiting for, for Gordon Cole. And kind of like it looked like they were, you know, upon second viewing that they were kind of like guarding that staircase, you know, like that they are like that because that, I don't think that. Those guys were there when, when Major Briggs was there, you know. So it looks like the guys that they talked about, the people that rushed in or whatever that took over, it was, in fact, a city invasion. And that now the cities control that portal. And they're, you know, posted up in front of the stairs. And they were even guarding the, the house, you know. So um, do you think the same thing could happen at Jackrabbit's Palace? Like that they've expanded their reach to Twin Peaks? It's possible. But that whole thing that you just mentioned is, is very interesting because it really is um – it makes me think of the Giants clue to uh, Agent Cooper, the first scene of the, of the new series where he says it's in our house now. So if that was really kind of some kind of sanctuary for Major Briggs, you would think Briggs would be in, in a place of, of, you know, of light or goodness. And if now the, the sooties have in, invaded it, that, um, it, that it is in our house now makes sense that that maybe was a place of, you know, like some kind of sanctuary. But we know on further inspection 
that the the wallpaper in between the cities in the background looks almost exactly like the wallpaper in the painting the Tremonts gave Laura in Firewalk with Me, which could be the upstairs or you know of the convenience store that we saw in Firewalk with Me. So I I, I just I, but I find that hard to believe that that's where for Briggs you know was. So I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. It didn't look like a sanctuary for Briggs. So maybe it's not ex- the exact same well, it's place. Not anymore. That, well, obviously, yeah. But maybe it's not the exact same place or it was corrupted somehow. But getting back to the cities, like kind of protecting it within the zone, but also being seen uh, by Cole, Albert, and Diane and, and Hastings, um, do you think that Diane's message that Albert intercepted and read to Cole saying that they have Hastings and that he's taking them to the site was a message to whomever, whether it's Mr. C or Jeffries, to then send the Sooties out to protect that area or kill Hastings, like she was the, you know, the the messenger that that that, that killed Hastings. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So I think I think that's you're onto something there. I mean, I never thought about that because I thought that if they had stormed the the zone, they would just always be there. But um, you know, it's like they, it's, she sent that message for a reason, and something if it if it reached that person, whether it's Jeffries or Mister C or whoever, that they would have you know tried to do something to, I guess, get rid of Jeffrey. I mean, get rid of uh, Lillard because we still don't really understand why. Uh, what what why they wanted to kill Lillard or why that was necessary? Yeah, I don't now. I mean, I, you know, with him being dead, obviously Ruth is dead. That whole the whole Buckhorn subplot is pretty much like wrapped up. And you know, you would think that you know Cole, Albert, and Tammy and Diane are now going to move on. We don't know where they're going to go next, but you would think that the Buckhorn is wrapped up. But I am not entirely convinced that we've seen the last of Bill Hastings. I still think yeah, in the lodge or some sort of. So well, obviously, since he's dead, yeah, it would have to be in something. <laughs> not that he's lost his head, literally. Yeah, so right. what's it going to look like in the lodge? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not I, that, that kid. <laughs> I think that um, I think that um, um, the, the whole thing with sorry, now you're making me lose my train of thought. I think that um, the the way the narrative is going to unfold over these last seven hours is really. I'm not going to say that we're going to get seven hours of what part eight was, but I think that it's going to be like you know close to that. You know, with some of the episodes, and I think like maybe half of what we're going to see is going to be taking place in whether it's Jack Rabbit's Palace, another zone, a Black Lodge, a convenience store, the White Lodge, the Purple Room. I think we're going to get a lot more of this over the next seven hours, and just like Cooper's journey at the end of you know the first series, episode twenty-nine, where he met like you know it was like a Wizard of Oz thing. He met all of the major characters, you know, from you know the, the doppelgangers of Laura and, and the, the giant and Leland and Maddie. The, the, the little man, everything. I think we might get something similar and it might be Cooper and or Mr. C and seeing some of these characters that have died, whether it's uh, the Hastings, Ruth, Briggs, I think Bob, you know, I think the jumping man from Firewalk with me, I think we might even get the tree mods. We might even see the 119 lady. Wait, and, you mean you're going to, like, the Mr. C or, or like Dougie's going to see them in real life? Like, and then or, or Dougie is and it's going to trigger their, their memory, his memory or something? No, 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 no. I think it's going to be, no, I don't think he's going to see him in real life. I think what he's obviously seen or we've seen all these people in the real world, so to speak. But I think whenever it, it, it goes into the next plane, I think what Cole was doing at going into the zone was like almost like, you know, from the audience's viewpoint, we're getting a little bit of a glimpse. We're almost going to go in, but we're not quite ready to go ahead and reveal our final, like, you know, our final ace up our sleeve yet. And so Albert pulls him back. I think that's what we're going to get eventually. Like Lynch is going to take us 
like with episode three, two and three, where we're spending a lot of time in the otherworldly realms. And I'm just saying that I think we might see some of these other characters return. And 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 like same thing with New York. And uh, and things might be topsy turvy. I'm not saying they're all going to be doppelgangers. I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, I just think that I just have a feeling that we're not done with some of these characters. Because I really think Lillard was a pawn. And I think his character was so interesting. And there's so many inconsistencies with his story, with Ruth's, with Phyllis. There's just more. And I, I think there's more meat on the bone. And I think we're just going to get some some more uh, examples of it, you know, in, in the other realm. So. Well, it's interesting talking about, like, whether or not the woodsmen were sent by Diane or by Mr. C or whomever it was. Because I did go, I mean, I noticed this actually upon first view. And I think I mentioned this to you. But it looked like, I mean, maybe I'm the only one because I haven't seen anybody mention this. But <laughs> at the very first part before we see, after they go in the zone, um, Diane is sitting there. And she's looking uh, off into space. And she blows, like, she kind of almost, like, winds up and, like, blows a forceful smoke bl- uh, exhale and then they cut immediately to the city, and he kind of disappears. And I was like, is she kind of pushing the city around the chalkboard or around the chessboard? Like she's controlling this situation? Um, and that would actually kind of tie into your theory that uh, that, that message got through and that the cities were um, sent there to prevent Cole from getting in. Yeah, I think it would be. I mean, I know watched that after you mentioned that. Did you and see I, it? I, saw, I saw that. It's just, but I also saw, like, you know, when Cole Not and the Albert only one, saw right? this. No, I mean, Cole and Albert saw the city. I mean, they saw him, and then he disappeared again. I just think it was just... I mean, you could say it, like, you know, maybe symbolically or whatever, but I didn't really get the sense that she was actually causing him to kind of, like, disappear. I just think that it's it, it ties into... Like the we live inside the dream, the whole thing with with Jeffries's line in Firewalk with Me. We see the sooty, and then we don't see the sooty. But obviously, the sooty entered the car and devoured Hastings' head. But it didn't do it where anyone could see it. Um, so there's another plane, whether it's a dream or another dimension or another reality, where that's actually happening. And that's where I think we're going. And I think that's kind of what we had. And we just we just really haven't realized that. And Lynch just giving us these these clues, these scenes of like Hastings saying like it was a dream, and Belushi going, "Hey, I had a dream last night." It's all tied into the narrative. And eventually, here in the next couple of hours, I think we're going to like realize that. Not saying we're living in a dream, but there are these two different realities, and it's going to tie into the mythos of I think Firewalk with me, Firewalk with me, Jeffrey in the convenience store, and all those lodge denizens, and the new characters that we've seen in this series. Well, I did notice that like you, you had talked about that uh, doorknob swizzle uh, in the Buckhorn or at that hotel right before uh, Laura showed, or right after Laura showed up when Tammy was walking up, and I saw it like finally someone made a gif of it, and that's a definite swizzle, dude. That's exactly like when uh, uh, what's her name got uh, uh, Bill Hastings' wife got shot. So is like it's, it's somehow the reality crumbling around itself. Like what does that even mean? It was, you know, like that's very yeah. strange. That the it was so was strange. Mm-hmm. I was so like focused and on her and, and Tammy was like looking off, almost like looking at the next door. Or what was she looking at? Like she's her attention is taken away. It's it looks like she's looking to just to the left of the door. So what, it's a very perplexing scene. Still, I don't know what it means. Well, do you want to make the correlation of like? I mean, there's something connect. There's a connection between Tammy and Laura. Do you think that's because I I don't. I mean, no, I've never no, suspected that. Just, I, I just, think... I, it didn't look like it looked like she was over or un, overshooting her eye uh, her eye frame um, from the door. It's just it was weird. I don't understand what was going on there. Yeah, but especially the doorknob moving like that was very weird. 
Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, it, that's for me. That's like when there's been examples, and I'm not convinced. Um, like you know, like Sunny Jim, like in that one scene in Part Five where people thought that like a Lynch shot it in reverse, oh, like he was blinking in reverse. And there's been a couple other examples of that. I think it, it might be just subtext, or it might just be like a Lynch visual kind of. Uh, you know, like a curveball or just... Well, we're seeing a lot of basically inexplicable things. I mean, just like the right. girl that was near dead rising from the... in the Vomiting up. We're seeing some otherworldly supernatural things going on all over the damn place now. Yeah, no, and, and, and Twin Peaks, and, and we talked about this, is that there's an epidemic in Twin Peaks. I mean, there there really is. I mean, it, it's almost like the, the, the darkness has overwhelmed and just the, the town and a lot of the citizens. And, and I really, it, it really kind of came to head for me in this last episode with Bobby. And like in both instances, when he's looking at that little kid, like after shooting the gun, the little kid is like completely emotionless. And he's like looking at him like it's like, like what, you know, what, it's not like who are you? It's like it's just this is so <laughs> bizarre. And then when the, the, the zombie girl in the car, is you know rising up and vomiting and the woman's shrieking and freaking out he's just got this perplexed look on his face and i think bobby is like you know he's kind of taken the mantle of major briggs like i think he is like the new light along with like hawk and truman the true man but the one thing with bobby that i noticed in the fourth time it took me four fucking times to notice this and it probably doesn't mean anything but to me, I thought it was very interesting, the blocking of the scene of the double R with Bobby and Becky and Shelly. So Becky and Shelly are in the booth together and Bobby's on the other side. For me, you know, and it's obviously this family crisis and conflict, and Bobby's the one who's trying to play like the, the stern taskmaster, the disciplinarian, the little tough love. He was sitting in the same, like the whole scene with Bobby and Major Briggs in, in episode, the first episode of the second season, the Huckleberry Pie, our favorite scene with you know Major Briggs's vision to Bobby, and he slumped over. So Major Briggs was on the same side of the frame, the same seat that Bobby is, uh, uh, you know, and now, and I, for me, that says that ties it all together for me. It's like you know, Shelley and Becky are they're still confused, you know, or Becky or Shelley is obviously. You know, hasn't really changed at all, and you know she's still like you know after you have bad boy syndrome, and Becky is like you know she's just as confused as Bobby was when she when uh, when he was when she was his age. So for me, that was like and, and the way that Bobby reacted to you know that big traffic you know scene or whatever is that Bobby is turning into a major player, and I think that he is like a major like you know a beacon of light in in all of this darkness in Twin Peaks. Well, it's almost like he has a journey still yet to make because he's kind of like just paralyzed by all this weirdness at this point. Yeah, he's not able to yeah, do anything, yeah. you know. And then what's going to happen? It's going to ha- he's going to get a curveball to the head when uh, he finds out that his dad's body's been found at the Buckhorn. He's going to freak out, and you know he's going to have to go up to Jack Rabbit's palace, and he may even see his dad, you know, maybe be visited by his father. You know, he's going to have to go through a journey. Uh, or some sort of test, I think, almost like Cooper uh, in this the, for the rest of the episode for him to have make his full, uh, you know, hero's journey, as Joseph Campbell said. If, if I agree. I think he's the key of the Jackrabbit's Palace. I don't think it's just because he he named it and he's been there before. I think that you know, obviously, I think Hawk is you know he's the most spiritual one of of anyone you know in Twin Peaks. But I think Bobby, it's like it's it's there's going to be something, some kind of test, something like a test of strength. Because Bobby, you know, we know his past. I mean, Bobby killed a man. Bobby sold drugs. You know, Bobby was, you know, a hooligan. And uh, he's, he's turned a leaf, but he still has, you know, those demons within him. And this might be his final challenge. Now, what it is, we don't know. I, I mean, I just think that the way Lynch is, like, you know, will set this up, the Jackrabbit's Palace, is going to be completely unconventional. 
Um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be like, you know, in the, the Twin Peaks, the first season when, the, you know, Cooper and Truman and Hawk and Doc Hayward walked up, you know, to, you know, their sojourn and went to the, you know, the log lady's log, uh, cabin and then ultimately to Jacques' cabin. I think it's going to be completely bizarre. I think it's going to be like, you know, when, when Lynch shot, you know, episode three of the first season when Bobby and Snake were meeting Leo in the woods, that great mood of like no like natural light, just their, their, their uh, flashlights. You know, and, and then when they're seen with Leo, like Leo put the light on his face, just that mood that he created. I think Lynch is going to create something very special for Jack Rabbit's palace, and I think it's going to be very mystical. And I'm just fascinated. Did the coordinates, uh, did the coordinates on Ruth's uh, arms lead to Jack Rabbit's palace? Um, I think so, because I think wasn't didn't you see something on Twitter you told me about like Mark Frost like could someone like yeah yeah he can liked you explain uh, some, that yeah someone sent an email they were just saying that they had the coordinates and they uh, clued it in and it was exactly at this um, it's like the Abercrombie River or the the fork where, where the rivers meet or spawn and it's where Chief Joseph I believe had uh, had encounters um, like in the 1800s with the Black Lodge and he had used it for good he had gone in with good intentions and he was able to I think his name he was able to control the thunder like he who controls the thunder which is electricity right uh, and, and so I think that's what it's going to lead to because Mark Frost gave it a little, little thumbs up a little cryptic thumbs up so uh, yeah that's good I think that I'd that, love to see Chief Joseph in the lodge that'd be great right? it's like if Hawk know, comes in right, with right. good intentions if Hawk makes it into the lodge with good intentions perhaps he'll meet one of his ancestors because he's a nice person just, as well I just I think that um, I think that I, I would love that I would love yeah. to have some Nest Purse action yeah. um, and I'd love to see Hawk in like tribal gear you know so maybe that's yeah. what he'll do maybe he'll put yeah. the face paint on like he's going I mean, this yeah. is a huge mission it's gonna work. but uh, oh also just a quick aside I just found out today you know Michael Horace the actor who plays Hawk he's actually he's an artist he actually uh, according to this person I saw on Facebook um, he actually created that living map. He like yeah, you know, I know all about his stuff. He's an art. He's an artist. He's got a gallery in here in California, and he does like ledger art, which is what they would do. The Native Americans would get. Uh, they would take all this like I guess paperwork that the United States government would send them and make art on the back of it because they needed paper, and so it's on the back of ledgers, and they call it ledger art. And so that's what uh, uh, Michael Horse is all about. So it's pretty cool. He's a great artist. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I think that okay. The one thing with I okay, I agree with you. I think that obviously Jackrabbit's Palace. We know that Truman Hawk and Bobby are going there, and I think that it's been confirmed that the coordinates that were that were, uh, were found on Ruth Davenport's arm leads to that uh, same location. So that means whatever Mister C is wanted, those coordinates is going to lead him back to like full circle, like when he at the end of the the first series. He, for his first order of business after visiting Audrey in the ICU was to go and meet with Major Briggs. And obviously, I think it was related to, you know, these coordinates of listening post alpha or what he knew. So he's now going to wind up, you know, if he gets them, which I'm assuming that he will, he's going to wind up in the same location or at least what he wants is that same location. It's going to come full circle. Oh, dude. Yeah. So you think like Truman Hawk, like Bobby and Mr. C are going to show up at the same time? Well, Mr. C has not been seen other than in New York to photograph in two episodes. I have a a strong suspicion that this episode that we're going to get is going to be like split up into thirds. It's going to get a third in Twin Peaks. We're going to get a third in Vegas. And we're going to get a third with the Mr. C storyline. And uh, because I think Buckhorn is wrapping up, we might get we might not even get Cole and Albert and Diane in this episode. There might be a transition. I don't know. But that's how I think it's going to split up. I think it's it's nigh time for Mr. C to return. And obviously we know what he wants other than the coordinates is that symbol on the playing card, which obviously is on Hawk's living, you know, map. 
and is something so terrible that he can't even mention or won't even mention to Truman. Yeah, so, isn't he kind of a dick? He's not mentioning that he wouldn't tell the long lady, <laughs> he wouldn't tell Truman. Like, what's up with him? He's being secretive now at the last minute? We need him. Come on, dude. Well, I mean, it's, it's in the script. you got to wait, you know, so. Yeah. But, uh, so I think, yeah, but I don't think, I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure that um, when, I mean, I don't think that when Hawk, Truman, and Bobby show up to Jack Rabbit's palace that Mr. C is going to be there. I mean, he very well could be, but um, I, I don't think that is going, I don't think those, those plot, you know, threads are going to converge at that particular point. I still really believe, and we talked about this before, that, the scene of, of Hawk in part two when he goes to Glastonbury Grove he's talking to the log lady. I, I still really believe that that takes place after probably they go to Jackrabbit's palace. So we'll like get a call back to that in an episode maybe you know 14 or 15. I really believe that. Do you think some of the next episode in Twin Peaks is going to be, are they going to follow up on that? Because I think that one Elijah Wood looking uh, type of cop like comes up to Bobby and says that there's been shots at the, at the at Big Ed's gas farm. Is that what happened? Well, that's what he said, right? Shots ring out. Like, what does that mean? I was I wasn't understanding what what the hell that. I think then, he, then, like the next scene, he shows up uh, knocking on the door, trying to show his car off to Hawk and, and Truman. So is he in two places at once? And what does that uh, you know that gunshot at Big Ed? Are we going to see Big Ed next episode? You think? Well, no, I do. I do. Well, I don't. I mean, we know he's going to show up at some point. I I would think that he's at Comic Con, so yeah. <laughs> right. I think that I think he'll be in either twelve or thirteen. I, I do think that we'll we'll see Big Ed, but I think that. I think his name is Jesse, the the deputy Jesse, that yeah. showed him. Yeah, Jesse is that. Um, I think he said he said that he heard shots. He was at Big Ed's gas farm, and I'm assuming that it was the shots that were fired at the double R. But you know, from fire or from the pilot, we know that Big Ed's gas farm. It looks like it's outside of the you know the the, the, the kind of the main square of Twin Peaks. So I don't know if Big Ed's gas farm has moved or you know Jesse's got great hearing, but um, I think that him showing up at the sheriff station is because I think that scene takes place like the day before. Um, just because of time, like I mentioned earlier. Oh, that's that, weird. Oh, wait, yeah. wait, wait. So you're saying that uh, yeah, the Bobby stuff took, okay, so just the, the map scene took, took place the night before? Yeah, I think it, take pla- I think it takes place the same night that, that uh, they, they got the information. So what happens, like if you think about it, they went to Betty's house, Betty Briggs's house. They got it. Bobby took him back to the station, or they went back to the station. They, you know, they were able to uh, get the, the the message from after Bobby, you know, throws it on the ground. They get it, and then that same night, Bobby goes, you know, to do his thing. He meets like Shelley at the Double R that night, and Truman and Hawk stay behind, and he shows the Living Legend map. That's where the that's where I think the timeline is. I think that's why Jesse's able to be in two places almost at once. I think it's like like I said, it's not an alternate timeline. I just think that the way that Lynch edited this. Um, it, it, it just like they're not the scenes don't, and we've had examples of this like where like you know there's one scene like in a morning but it was like the day after and a scene at night it was the night before it's just not linear and I think it's part of the whole dream narrative the whole dream logic um, that Lynch is painting here but I don't think it's, it's very it's confusing. Not a dream well, I mean, you just have to pay strict attention. You have to pay well, that's attention. very hard when he's switching. I mean, I can understand if he's jumping scene or you know episodes, but when he's going to insert one scene that's from the night before into one episode, that's very confusing, dude. Well, the only thing that makes that confusing is that for anyone is that that, that Jesse shows up, and you'd be like, well, well, maybe he did wrap things up and went to the station. It very well could be that, but yeah, it could have been just wrapped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't. That doesn't mean anything. It's not a big thing, but it's just. You know, we try to scrutinize everything. We're looking for clues everywhere. We're so immersed in, in this in this world that you know it can be a little like you know unsettling 
when things don't kind of like, you know, um, they line up in a linear fashion. <laughs> hey, did you notice in like the last scene of the uh, last episode when they're having the cherry pie, when Mrs. Jackpot shows up that she says her son's name is Denver? Denver Bob. Kind of like Denver Bob. What that means, dude, that no one's named Denver. No one's first name is Denver. So that has to be purposeful by, by Mark Frost, right? What is that? Well, mean? yeah, I mean, I don't think it's Denver Bob, but I think well, no, that there's, yeah, no, I mean, right. Why would you see, I mean, do you, I don't think we're going to see that yeah, guy that again, mean? right? But, uh, no, but, um, yeah, no, I did notice that, but I didn't think much about it. Maybe Lynch or uh, Frost just liked that name. And who knows? I mean, Denver Bob, do you think we're going to get a Denver Bob go back to that? Um, in the secret history, we're going to get something with Denver Bob in you know the next. I don't know. Hours. Was Denver Bob? He wasn't around the time. He was a bit later on than the Chief Joseph era, right? It was. Yeah, I think it was like right after. See, that. where the fuck yeah. is Al Cave in comparison to the 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 coordinates that the, you know that we're all looking for now at Jack Rabbit's Palace? I don't right? know. And yeah. why has suddenly Al Cave just been removed as a part of the lore or a part of any integral? You know, it's not. I guess it never was like a portal, was it? What no, the Owl Cave, no. No, I mean, it wasn't. I don't, I don't think it was a portal. It's just a I mean, map, I'm, right? Well, but it, it had the, little, the little, little lever where you turn the lever, right, to turn it from yeah. black to white lodge. Right. That's really what that was, right? Right, right. I, I agree with that. But I think that when Lynch and Frost were conceiving um, the new series, I think they threw a lot of the second season out the window. Um, I think, obviously, the only real kind of, like, relevant things they kept is obviously Cooper and you know his journey into the Black Lodge and and Major Briggs's storyline and really the only other character that we you know that like kind of superfluous character that has returned was was uh, Duchovny's character and he's just had the one scene and we're likely not to see him again so I think that a lot of the stuff like the Owl Cave um, and all the other superfluous like plots you know um, were just not really interesting and not really pertinent and uh, so I don't think we're going to get the Owl Cave I don't think that we're gonna, I was so I so strongly believed that Heather Graham as Annie Blackburn, they were keeping that one a secret and she was going to show up uh, just for a number of reasons. But now, right now, I think no way. I think it's done. I think Annie was just mentioned that one scene by Hawk. Well, she was that girl that went into that place. And that's it. I think it's done. And and obviously her message that's is not very cool right? for the old fan service. Don't, can we at least find out if she's dead or alive? Like, you know, something. Well, I mean, I... Well, they I mean, shouldn't have not even she... mentioned her. Then. <laughs> they should have just not mentioned her. Well, yeah, you brought it... her back up. You had to bring her back up. You had to bring well, her the whole thing. Right, I, I, I agree. I think the, the the big curious thing about that for me is that in Firewalk with Me, the missing pieces, like you know, when Lynch was making the movie, he shot like a coda, you know, where you saw Annie like being wheeled into um, the hospital and she was still like catatonic, and she repeats the line that she said to Laura about being in the lodge or the Good Dale's in the lodge and he can't leave to the nurse. And some nurse takes, she had the owl cave ring on and the nurse takes that owl cave, owl cave ring off. So it was almost like, okay, so maybe is this the next victim? And Annie's been released from, you know, maybe being a victim herself. But I think, I mean, I could be completely wrong here, but I think they've completely just excised that, just nixed that and go like, hey, look, either it's not interesting to us or it's not relevant to what we're trying to t- uh, say now. Um, because I mean, what was the major cliffhanger of the original series? It was How's Annie? And, you know, that's what everyone's been, like, you know, waiting We're you never going to find, find out for 25. Well, I mean, we could. I just, it's certainly Lynch and, not. Lynch and Frost's response to that question is, you don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> the old Leo callback. The old Leo line, yeah. So what about you? What do you think was going to happen? In, like, do you think we're going to go to Jackrabbit's Palace? What do you think is Let's Rock means? Uh, do I don't know, but I'm, I'm wondering that, like, I mean, I think it's got. there's got to be a callback to that painting in Laura's room, right? We've just seen the, the wallpaper, and it's got to go back to Sarah Palmer's uh, 
uh, that storyline, right? Because I think we've been waiting the entire season for Sarah Palmer, but I think somehow we're going to start seeing her soon. And that it's going to tie, because they need to start putting pieces together in terms of, you know, knowing about, like, you know, Cooper being in the Black Lodge. Like, I mean, have they, have they really uh, understood that? Like, or do they even care? Like, it's like, you know, I don't know why. They're just kind of going up to uh, Jack Rabbit's Palace to follow, you know, Major Briggs's you know, note, but, you know, I'm not sure, uh, you know, I think maybe if they get to, to Sarah's house, then, then maybe stuff will start happening in terms of being able to understand where the fuck uh, Cooper is and how to bring him back. Yeah, I think that, um, I think Sarah's storyline is going to jump in, like, we're going to jump in, like, you know, head first, um, right after they return from Jack Rabbit's palace. So whatever I think that they discover there, um, is somehow well, we keep forgetting related. about Laura too, dude. Like, <laughs> I oh, I have not Laura's forgotten my friend. Up. No, yeah. So maybe Sarah Palmer will be. It'll be a Laura connection through the. No, movie. it is. It's going to. Do you be, think we're going to see that painting? I mean, like, I, I imagine we haven't even seen her room yet. Like, I imagine that Sarah has not changed her room a bit, right? And that's how the painting is still going to be. It's possible. No, she took it down in Firewalk with me, but it's you know oh. face down. But it's it's well. Do you still think there. we're going to see the painting? Maybe it's in storage, yes. like uh, Citizen Kane or something. <laughs> that's our that's the you yeah. know the rosebud. The rosebud, yeah. Um, no, yes, I do think we're going to see that uh, painting again. I also think that whatever is at Jack Rabbit's palace, I think there's going to be. I'm not saying the whole thing is related to, but it's either that fourth missing page from Laura's diary um, will be uncovered there, or something related to the Laura Palmer mystery or Laura Palmer herself is going to be uncovered. Um, and then we'll, after the events of Jack Rabbit's Palace, when they return to Twin Peaks, Hawk or Truman or Bobby, or maybe all three of them, their next piece of the puzzle is going to be the Sarah Palmer. And I also think that we're, we'll be reintroduced to Sarah Palmer. And I think that Sarah Palmer will get another one of her visions. Maybe she's already had one, but we'll have another vision and we'll maybe go on her own little investigation. Um, um, pertaining to that vision I'm not saying like you know, well I just think that like there's, say there's a message right we know in the last episode of the uh, the original series she receives some kind of message like the log lady receives messages and she somehow got Jacoby maybe she was the first person she could flag down and you know took he was wearing the wasn't he wearing the cape at that point and, yes, uh, I love the cape. I, I love the cape. cape. Yeah, maybe Nadine, Sarah, and like Jacoby will team up and start, you know, getting down, right. to, down to business. Maybe that's our new uh, uh, Nancy Drew Hardy Boys angle. Yeah, geriatric Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. I'd be into it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but I think that um, Sarah is going whatever, like you know, whether it's the the information she gets from the police department or if she gets another like vision for herself, I think will lead her on a journey. And I think that it's all going to be tied in, obviously, with Laura Palmer returning, like that character returning. And I still don't think we're done with Leland. You know, I think that Leland, and, and I've posited this, I'm not going to go into it, you know, but you know, the, the idea, you know, we've talked about retconning and all this stuff here, but I, I, I think that like, like the Leland notion, the, the host parasite, that was really, you know, our explanation in the first series, but became a little bit, you know, I think, you know, a little like less clear in Fire Walk with me. I think now is going to be more in line of a uh, Mr. C. Cooper, like a Leland and a doppelganger. I think that's just how it's going to go. I'm going to see. I'm assuming that we're going to see Leland Palmer at some point. I'm not saying we're going to see his doppelganger, but um, I think that's the explanation. Well, wouldn't we, could, we have to see his doppelganger because he's dead? No, we, we saw, see him in the real world. Well, we saw his doppelganger at the end of the first series, right? I did not kill anybody. Yeah, where and there's, did he go? There's a great shot, right? There's a great shot in the, the last series 
where um, Cooper's doppelganger has just been created and you see uh, it emerge from the drapes, the red curtains, and then you see Cooper, like they're at the opposite ends of that hallway and Leland is right in the middle. The Leland doppelganger is right in the middle. It's a great shot. There's so much. You can write like a whole fucking like thesis on that, in my opinion. I, I'm fascinated about the Leland character, the doppelganger, and his role in Laura's murder, Teresa Banks's murder, and probably a number uh, of mysteries we're not well, privy yeah, to. Yeah, talk about that then. So you're saying that somehow Lila went to the lodge and got doppled uh, during the original series, and that maybe his doppel was doing some of this dirty work, dancing around the black, the Great Northern, and you know, hit golf balls and stuff. Like one of those guys might have been him. Because I don't, I mean, that kind of is a mind blower if that you're if you're positing that. And I know. I'll go that... back to that bloody stomach that we saw the bloody stomach when he's levitating in the lodge when when Bob has Leland up in the air. And we were like trying to tie that into Bob, the Bob stomach. I think you posted a tweet about that. I did, yeah, I did. No, and it's just it's there's there's evidence on on both sides. I mean, you could say that like there's no one ever really. Well, dude, um, if you go back to the theory of episode eight, if the little imp bug is is, is nesting in people's mouths and creating some little uh, you know organic pocket for these creatures and human beings, you know, it could potentially be true that Bob got de-bobbed out of uh, the real Leland. If that's uh, well, yeah, but we did see, like, we did see Leland's doppelganger at the end of the first series, you know. And yeah, that's said, totally I, confusing, though. I don't understand. I don't understand what the role Leland's doppelganger would play. Unless it he's could like be. in Earth, back in Earth now, you know, doing something like hunting Laura or trying to, you know, I don't know what, what he would be up to, but it would have to be doppel Leland on planet Earth. Well, I know. I mean, it was just that the series. It was very clear when you know he was dying. That, you know, he was like, hey, you know, I'm Leland again. Bob's gone. And explaining the whole exposition. And I know it was, you know, it was 1990 and it worked. But I just think that, you know, Firewalk With Me, Lynch kind of like, you know, he changed the rules, so to speak, a little bit. As is his want as an artist. And I think that they're doing it again. And nothing is ever really clear. And I just think that the, that Lynch has been, always been fascinated by the Palmers, especially Laura. And I just think that they're... They're related to this narrative. Obviously, we know Laura is to some extent. And I, I know that Sarah will be at some point, And I, I really believe that Leland will be. And we saw him. When we saw him, the one scene in, in this series, he was he was Leland Palmer. He didn't have the, the foggy eyes. It wasn't a doppelganger. And he was like, you know, he was like he was so emotional. Like, find Laura. You know, like, something is critical. Like, you have to find Laura. It's, it means, like, you know, the world. You know, it could be, it could mean many worlds. I mean, it's Would the, the insertion so of the high. doppelganger of Leland be some sort of, like, a redemption arc for Leland or something? You know what I'm saying? That we're, we're thinking about some a redemption? Is that why no. Leland would come back? Or is he just going to be some sort of a bad, evil... Like what would he do? I'm still baffled by. Well, that. I don't want to. I don't want to just spend too much time on this. I don't think it's about redemption. I just don't think. I mean, and we could talk about it. Like, because I really do believe we're gonna we're gonna see more of the Palmers here. And, and I'm not saying maybe the next episode, but before it's over. And when it and when we do, then I think that's the point. We'll we'll go into it more. But I just I just really want to wrap it up. I, I don't think like maybe Doppel Leland says let's rock in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, that would he could be, be a good. zombie. He could just show right. up zombified walking around. Like I think that yeah. like we're getting in like episode eight and last episode, we're getting into some like zombie tropes. You know what I mean? Like so I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some weird more I mean, didn't that kind of girl also that rose out of the, the car? I mean, she kinda of looked a little bit like an older version of the the girl in in uh, New Mexico, you know. It's like I thought maybe like there might be a bug flying out of her after that vomit comes out that a bug might be popping out. You know, like that could be an interesting Possibility that like the reason for all these zombies is that the bugs have found got their found their way to Twin Peaks and that they're nesting and you know creating these <laughs> zombie peekers, Twin Peakies. Yeah, I don't think that um, 
I don't think that that no? the, the bug thing. Well, I'm going to say no to that, my friend. No, I mean, I just. <laughs> I'm think just trying that, to figure why did Lynch put it in there? You don't know the same. We spent so much time. You mean the bug? Yeah, the bug. It's got to come back, right? Somewhere. Well, I, I've got a theory on that, my friend. Well, let's hear it. It's. It's. I think. Are it's we all going to get bugs me. coming out of our mouths on episode 18? We all watch it. <laughs> it's We're all pull bugs out of our mouths and it's all the it. metamorphosis. That was why Kafka was in his office. The the painting of or the portrait of Kafka. No, I think it's all. I don't. I think all. I think the bug. Um, is related, and I think that little girl might be related to Judy, the Judy character from Firewalk with Me. Oh yeah, I think you posted a tweet about that. That's right. I did, talk about yeah. that. That's very interesting. Um, the Monica Bellucci, perhaps. Well, okay, so um, yeah, I think Monica. We know Monica Bellucci is going to be in the series, so um, you know, and I think that so for me, I'm going on like Firewalk with Me and the missing pieces because obviously that's the only mention of Judy. And Philip Jeffries' character, David Bowie, was in Argentina, Buenos Aires. We know has played at least a small role here in this new series. He is registering at a hotel, and he uh, goes up and asks if a Miss Judy is, like, you know, asked for him or whatever. And, well, a Miss Judy had left him a message. We don't know what the message is. Then he, like, you know, teleported or went through a portal, wound up in Philadelphia, said we're not going to talk about Judy. And the missing pieces, he went a little bit in, into more detail. Um, about Judy, the convenience store. It was all kind of related. So my thinking is, is that, you know, uh, Bellucci, Monica Bellucci, I mean, she's a, of Italian descent. I think that maybe she can pass for like Argentinian or it doesn't even matter. It could be a wife. I just think that maybe she is related to Judy. Either she knows of Judy, um, maybe she is Judy. And I'm thinking that that, that bug, you know, that went into that little girl's mouth, I think uh, it represents like something like huge, something big. I don't think it means like a massive like bug invasion, like a body snatchers thing. I think it was like this woman was chosen for a reason. I don't think it was random that that bug chose her because um, I don't think Lynch believes in like randomness. I think he believes that all things are kind of connected in their own way, but in his own abstract you know theories uh, or visual design. So I just think that we're not going to get like you know proper scenes going back to New Mexico in the 50s or whatever, but we're going to get some kind of callback or reference to either that bug or that character. And I think since the Judy character was so mystical in Firewalk With Me and tied to Jeffries, and we know Jeffries has played a role here in this series, I think it's gonna it's gonna all somehow tie together. And I just have this feeling like all these little elements, these confluences are gonna all kind of like come together. And, um, and we're gonna find out a little bit more about Judy, the convenience store, and the ring. I don't think it's gonna be just you know in the one our man's pocket i think that's tied into all of this as well so. well i think it did be a couple of episodes talk about we were talking about like that one scene that we had heard about being filmed in, in paris or france and that she had mentioned a line about we are the dreamer we are the we are the dreamers or something like that and then we just saw the the next uh, few title episodes i think it's like episode 15 or 16 is that exact title do you think that episode will hold that scene that we discussed yeah, so, I mean, it's so odd. Well, that's that, very interesting, though, because we thought that would be the last scene of all this. You know, that's like episode 16. We still got two more hours to go. We no, thought, uh, I mean, that whole thing was, that was in David Lynch's documentary. That was like a little, like, he had written on, like, a legal pad, some lines of dialogue, and the camera, like, lingered on it. And, you know, all these, like, sleuths went ahead and, like, zoomed in and, like, read it. And, you know, it's this scene of, like, Cole and, like, Monica Bellucci. And they're just, you know, they're sitting outside of a cafe and... And uh, they're talking, and I think I can't remember if it was Cole or Bellucci's character that says that line. That is the episode title of I think it's fourteen, right? Fourteen, maybe. I didn't count, but it's coming up in the next few. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, we know that she's in it. You know, we know that they filmed in France. If anyone looks at the credits, 
you know that they filmed in France because the France the French Film Commission, you know, has like a like a credit, you know, and uh, you know that you can see that they shot in France. So this isn't like you know spoiler territory or anything like that. I mean, you, I don't think you could spoil this, this this show. I mean, obviously, I think maybe you could, but you know, we, we don't know anything. <laughs> Do you the script? We're just yeah. speculating. Yeah, no, but. No. Well, I kind of like the idea. Um, I'm glad that it's only episode 16 or 14 or whatever. It is not the end because, uh, as we discussed, the end it has this kind of cryptic: "We are the dreamer," and then who is the? Or we are living in a dream. Well, who's the dreamer? And then they cut to Cooper, the back of Cooper's head, and I was like, "Oh God!" I think that's why people thought maybe that'd be like the last scene in the show, but it's not. If if, if that even even is no, true, I think that if it thankfully was. it's not like because that would be implying that the whole fucking thing was some dream or something. And we've seen that uh, you know cliche done eight million times. Even though I'm sure Lynch will could do it in a really unique, beautiful way. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that, that that's not, uh, that it's not going to all be a dream in his head. <laughs> no, I don't, I know it would never be like that. And I don't think like Lynch would have ever allowed, uh, I don't think Lynch would have ever allowed that to be shown in the documentary. If it was something that was so big, so revelatory or the final scene of the entire, entire series. I, I don't think that. So, um, but, um, but like you know, the, the tying into all of these, like you know, like you were just saying, like we are. I think it's we are the dreamer, right? Isn't that the line? Or we I are think it's like we're living in a dream. But then who is the dreamer? So I don't remember how. We is right. it called? We are the dreamer. Well, it, it ties into these dreams that these characters are having, and they're influencing these events. And I'm not. It's not going to be a, a, like the sixth sense, like you said, or Dallas when like Bobby wakes up in the shower. It's like the last eight seasons were a dream. You know, it's never going to be like that. But. I always. But do you go, think there's like a character that's like the dreamer? You know what I'm saying? Like, like the the you know the giant that the dreamer is going to be a character, and that maybe it is Cooper. Well, it could be. I always thought that Cooper was like in the middle, like he was in the middle of like Laura and and Bob. Like Laura represents like the good, and Bob represents the evil. Like it was Cooper. Like he was like he was. Well, who has knight. dreamed the most in the the series? Well, I mean, Cooper characters. obviously with his dreams were, were big. So, um, but I think that. Um, that the, the the dreams that were that these characters are talking about is like foreshadowing to some extent. Um, like I said, I, I really do think like if we're gonna get like some topsy turviness here. We're gonna get turned, you know, things are gonna be you know turned on its oh, head. <laughs> we'll say it again. Well, and also, like line. you know, yeah. looking at that doorknob gif, you know, the little swizzle door and buckhorn, and then we also know that the one of the episodes is also titled like "No Door, No Doorbell" or something like that. No doorknob, do, no doorbell. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't like no knock, no doorbell or something. Yeah, the, the doors. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but um, it's it's all it's so exciting, right? Because I mean, th- this last episode, I mean, really, I mean, even with the slower scenes, it just they were just perfectly paced, and yeah. the, within the narrative, I mean, it's just it's it's all you can see it. You can see it like coming together. And, um, and and I just think with Cooper slowly like awakening, we haven't seen Mr. C, that storyline. We know we're going to Jackrabbit's Palace. We know we're going to like you know see the giant again at some point. You know Bob is going to make his presence known. You know we're going to find out something about that 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 you know evil symbol that Hawk you know won't even speak about. It's so fascinating, and it, it you know makes me feel like you know just overwhelmed with just joy that we're not only able to get this series <laughs> we're living in a dream Tom. we, we are, are living, living in a dream, dream. this is well, our that's... dream life we never thought this was going to happen i think a lot of people that are listening to this as well this is like the dream summer we're always going to remember this like i have no idea what the fuck happened last summer <laughs> this summer i'll remember for the rest of my life you know so right. we are making memories and we are living in a dream so i'm just enjoying it man we only got what seven weeks or something left 
I think we only have six weeks because six? the final oh, episode no. is going to be oh, two hours. They're going to put them back to back. I'm going to go into the fetal position once. I mean, I won't. I'll be so happy. I, I bet I will shed a tear and then I will eventually go into a depression because it's over. But I'll also be so happy because uh, we've got this huge piece of art, his magnum opus, you know, and uh, God, it's just really, it just feels more and more like perfection when I watch it. Like I even went back and looked at, watched episode six. Again, which I had faults with. It was a great episode. I have no faults with it anymore. It just takes me a while to, to process it when I first watch it. Upon first viewing, I can't process what the hell's going on. So, um, yeah, I'm in full Dougie Bliss mode right now. Just loving the cherry pie that I keep eating served piece after piece after piece after piece. <laughs> and I'm still eating. <laughs> hey, did you notice one thing I want to just talk about briefly is that scene in Buckhorn in the last episode um, where um, they're eating the, the donuts and the coffee and – the, the the kind of the the blocking like the scene like Cole and Albert look like they're sitting at like the kiddies table yeah like I didn't Diane that. is mm-hmm. sitting like on a stool mm-hmm. and she's raised like mm-hmm. above like she's in the powerful position what I want to do is talk about Diane and Albert and Cole and they they've made I mean Diane's character has done like a 180 in just the last two episodes where we thought that she was this I guess almost like victim, and now she is like seemingly a confederate on the side of evil. So, um, although they she, did give us that weird thing where she's like, "Oh, I think I may have seen someone leave the car." Like, and you kind of seem like a genuine reaction. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure what the fuck's going on with her, but yeah, it has been. Well, did she say that after she got caught reading the coordinates off uh, mm, Albert's photograph? I don't think so. I think it was before, but maybe I'm oh, wrong okay. about that. But um, okay. it does seem like everybody has like temporary memory loss or something when they get they run into the zone or they have some sort of experience with the woodsman so maybe that explains it well did you yeah. notice also Cole's hand like shaking yeah and he said, like, a hot tin roof <laughs> right how about some did milk? that remind you yeah. of the uh, the original series yeah you know and I never really liked that I never <laughs> I never was a fan of the shaking <laughs> hand and hasn't Lynch right. has he ever done that in any other uh, movie or something well, didn't it? he have the whole thing in Eraserhead where, like, yeah, the father had, like, uh, was it a dead arm or something like that? I guess it wasn't shaking violently, but um, I yeah. think he's had I mean, it's something. tied in, right? I think it's tied in, right? It has to be, maybe, I would think. But I'm not a huge to, fan of it. But that's, to, to, yeah, to, like, uh, who was it? Like, Sarah in the original series? Who, whose hands were shaking? I think a few different Well, it was characters. in the end of the, the second last season. Episode. Yeah, the final episode. No, it was leading up to the last episode. It was, the, the whole thinking was that the Lodge, like, things were going, you know, bonkers because... You know, Wyndham Earl had turned the lever in Owl, excuse me, in Owl Cave. And, like, random people, like, in the diner, this old woman's, her hand would shake while she was, like, eating her pie. And then Cooper was looking at the blinds, and his hands was shining. I think Pete Martell's hands That's were right. shaking. That's right. So it was just, like, you know, um, I think it was just, like, uh, uh, related to, you know, the lodge, like, you know, the portal. Like, something is happening, Margaret. Well, do you so. think that's really a Lodgian after effect of visiting the zone or a zone yeah. effect? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because he didn't say Maybe right off the bat. he's just scared shitless. <laughs> he's well. very brave. That's why I said he didn't react very much when he uh, walked out of the zone. He was just been holding back his, his fear and anxiety, perhaps. It was just, I'd be shaking. Well, too. I've never seen Cole be anything other than like, you know, kind of like, you know, steady and sure, right? He's never... You know, I like kind of how like uh, Albert was also kind of looking out for Cole, like you know I think coffee's in order, but I don't think you need any. You know what I mean? I kind of like yeah, right, making yeah. sure he's okay. Yeah. And he pulled the him policeman's out of the dream. Don't, don't you think that if he was you know on the side of evil, that uh, he would have like you know let Z- uh, Cole go in? You know, if he was yeah. something shady about yeah. Albert. Yeah. You know, I think I maybe I'm thinking differently about Albert because he didn't do anything dubious in this past episode, did he at all? No, you not know? at all. So and he saved him, you know. So wait. Yeah. Did you just say a policeman's dream? That was the line from the first series, right? 
well, I think, well, that's just what uh, Cole Reese said it as well. When the coffee got running, it was a policeman's dream. And I think maybe it was a repeat or a callback to the original series that maybe Didn't Cooper, Cooper say it. that when he yeah. saw all the donuts on the table? Yeah, the policeman's dream and he did the callback. Did you not catch that? <laughs> no, I think I did. I think I just, I did. For, you just said it. It just was like kind of... Uh, Echo, I didn't well, uh, get it the first you know, time. Hey, we're almost to the finish line here. Do you have no, any final thoughts no, for this episode, no, my friend? No, no, we're, we're going. We're going to go two going? hours tonight. Okay. Yes. I'm kidding. No. Um, well, well, I mean, my, my final thoughts are always just kind of scattered, so I'm trying to keep up at a minimum. I just think that, uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm thankful that uh, I mean, that last episode, I mean, it was it's all so been great. Good. No, it was but so it was good. It just really, really, it really enthused, it just charged me up and made me just... Super happy, and I really am. I, 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 I'm almost like hypnotized by Candy, Mandy, and Sandy. I mean, they are. Too, this, even though the yeah. two girls don't say anything, and what Candy says is completely nonsensical, I am utterly fascinated by these three women. Not only are they extremely attractive, but it's not just that. It's just that they are. She's very strong, like Candy. I think I loved how, like, she they're like, so where have you been? And she just kind of forcefully, you know, after she was spaced out, she you know looked at him. And, you know, addressed it, and she said it in a convincing way. And he was giving her the look, and she, you know, was strong and kept it going and then just looked away and said, what are you going to do? <laughs> I love her strength. It's a weird strength, but she's uh, – I love her power. She's got, a, she's got a certain personal power, and I wonder if she's even human. She's I, there's some, I mean, I don't – yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I think that uh, there may be more to her character. I'm, I'm not someone, I think some people on Twitter that. thought that they saw something funky going on with her at some point. I'm not sure. I never saw it myself. I just, I hope that's almost, it's like too perfect right now. It's like, these are just, they're the the ornaments of the Mitchum brothers, but there's so much more than that. They're their own personalities, even though they don't really, at least the two of them don't really speak. I love how they're just moody and mysterious and they add so much color to each scene. Um, just their it presence. Seems like a pretty happy home as well, like for gangsters and, you know, ex- <laughs> and then, did you notice that candy? You know, they save? Yeah. Candy is the only one with like wrist jewelry. That's right. Yeah, she's got some jewels. So she's uh, she's number one of the two. Uh, she's number one. one. She's number yeah. She's number one. Well, she's yeah. got all the lines. So, so she does. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you know, my final thought is I don't know. You don't listen to a lot of the Twin Peaks soundtrack, so I'm not going to ask you this question, Tom. But I've been really into Rebecca <laughs> Del Rio's No Stars song. And does anybody, if anybody notices this, but at three, almost three fifteen of the song, I think it's actually three fourteen. But there is some like space imp sound that's I I cannot get over every time I hear it. I go, what the fuck is that weird sound at three fourteen? So if anybody can tell me and confirm if that's a space imp or not, or if I'm having an acid flashback, please let me know. Uh, and you can send that feedback to choppingwoodside at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, ideas. Have we been getting some good stuff on uh, Twitter and Facebook, Tom, from our, our, our followers? Am I, can I, can yeah, I talk we, now or no? I didn't know if you, I was, yeah. I was like, you know, sent into the corner or whatever because I don't like the, the song, the Rebecca Del Rio song. So Oh, well, um, dude, I can't. See, that's the thing. I think you're really missing out on uh, the musical side of Twitter. I, just, I, li- I listen to it all the time. I listen to all the okay. songs. I'm so into so it. So say like there's, okay, right there. So there's already been like six or seven acts. So maybe there's going to be like, nine or 10 or 11 acts that we're going to see. So like, you know, each song is between like, you know, probably like, you know, three to five minutes, but some there's one, I think the Rebecca Del Rio song was like six minutes. So like I was adding that up and it's like, they're like the total, like there's going to be maybe the, between like 40 and 50 minutes, maybe even a little bit more. Whole episode. That's It's like a whole episode. And it was like, I just, I would rather but have. See, you know what? You're actually you're going under the presumption that Lynch ever had any intention of writing 18 full episodes at normal pace or anything. They wrote nine or eight, right? So this is just the stretch out. No, I know, I know. But I just think for me that that just and, and enjoy I, it. 
Just revel in it. But see, you're not into the music. But that's the thing is I think that's what's helped make uh, this Twin Peaks The Return such a fully immersive experience is that when I'm not, you know, watching the show, podcasting, tweeting, reading about it, I'm listening to the music. And uh, I think it really helps seep it in. And like some of the lyrics, it really kind of, you know, it helps to re-listen to it. And it's all just a perfectly other than the Viva Las Vegas song, which we got last week. Right. (laughs) That was still so. But I love the music, the instrumentals. I mean, I love all of it. Oh, God, yeah, so good. I mean, I I do listen to that. I just, and I've always loved Angelo's stuff. It's just these more modern acts. It's just, it's personal taste. I don't, I mean, it's just, I don't personally like it. I don't think it's a horrible mistake. I don't think it detracts. It's just for me, I don't like it because I personally don't like uh, that kind of music. But I know that I'm in the minority I've always been. It's just I would rather have more material or even like, you know, this regular credits role with the familiar Angelo music or different Angelo music. That's just my personal taste. Well, that's, yeah, personal taste is fine. So we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, you guys can find us on iTunes. Uh, where else? We're at Podcast Addict. We're on SoundCloud. I think we're at some other places. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'd love to get some reviews and five-star comments and stuff like that so we can actually get ranked. But, if they uh, think we're five-star worthy, my friend, we well, might yeah, not absolutely. be five-star I don't want worthy. you to fake it or anything. That. But you know, we, appreciate, we would appreciate that. Um, so we can, I think we need to do that so we can get ready. So, on that note, uh, we'll see you guys uh, on Sunday. Thanks for listening.